can't snap my fingers with my left hand. Here's the difference. This is my left hand. This is my right hand. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't see a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I am uh, downloading the Nuzzle app that's just recommended. Yeah, it's so crazy that you've never downloaded it before. I know, right? I feel like everyone keeps talking about this app everywhere. It it's looks not old. New too. Yeah, it, it's old. <laughs> it's been around yeah. for a while. Um, <laughs> but it's honestly like a really good utility. Um, so if you haven't heard of this app either, because apparently uh, it's not that well known. <laughs> um, Nuzzle is this app that uh, basically uses the people you follow on Twitter and then looks at the links they are tweeting about. Uh, and basically it ranks them. So if the most, like if, I don't know, five, 10 people that you follow tweet about the same thing in a short amount of time, then it's going to surf as that first. What they also have, which is like the main way that people interact with the service, um, is that whenever something is popular, so that is tweeted by a lot of people you follow, you'll get a push notification. It'll tell you like, hey, like this link is really popular right now. Uh, and honestly, this is how I learn about a lot of either news or announcements or important things. Um, cause I often have like five or 600 unread tweets, uh, that take a lot of time, would take a lot of time to, to go through. Uh, but Nuzzle really like cuts to the noise and goes to like, okay, here, here are the most important things that you need to be aware of. So I really like it. Boom. I'm on a Nuzzle train now. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I can report back. Sweet. Um, links in the show notes. If you're like me and like slowpoke. Is it actually in the show notes? <sighs> it is now. I just edited it. Wait. I don't. I don't see it. Ah oh, uh, crap. Are we in the same document? No. Happens all the time. Well, I had created this nice big document. I've created this nice uh, big document. When did you create it? Five days ago, I think. No. I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah since five days ago so we use paper document uh, paper from dropbox paper when someone creates a new document no one is like alerted right and like when you go to paper.dropbox.com you see the list of recently viewed documents so if kevin creates a new document calls and calls it like you know episode something something i won't see that from like paper.dropbox.com so what I do now is I, I search for the episode name, number, I mean, like I search 66 and I see no documents with that number. So I created one. So the sorting makes no sense though. I'm looking at the folder. It starts off with episode five. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, why would maybe you we do started that? at five. Like, why would you do that? Why would you not show the latest document that was edited? No, like episode 66 is halfway down the list. It uses that alphabetical ordering, but it's, there's no way to change that. Like it, makes, it doesn't make any sense. But you know what, though? I noticed something recently. If you name a file um, and start it with an emoji, the file icon is going to have that emoji. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. That's, that's pretty cute. Yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> All right, so uh, this week we have a, a ton of follow-up. Yes. A lot of people decided to write in 
to talk about um, when, 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 when we were talking about your TV and then HDMIs. Yeah, I, I was talking about how I don't have internet at my place, uh, and but I discovered you can still airplay, uh, yeah, airplay to the Apple TV. Um, and then, yeah, we just started talking about how Apple TV is able to control my entire crazy audio system and I don't have to mess with the terrible user interface of my TV. Oh, right. And then I, I think I said something like, I only use my TV's terrible UI when I need to change inputs. Right. That's exactly. true. And then some people said, well, you know what? There's this spec, this standard that uh, TV manufacturers uh, comply to or should <laughs> comply to <laughs> in where you can, using this HDMI CEC, it's a base pack. By the way, this is a listener, Trevor K. He wrote in on Twitter. To let us know, this is one of the most comprehensive pieces of follow-up that we've received. Yes. So, Trevor, thank you so much. Also, uh, listener uh, Darren Dimitrov also uh, chimed in on Twitter to let us know that the Apple TV remote uses uses uh, infrared to to change the volume of the TV. Uh, so I knew that, and by the way, I can I can change the volume of my TV with my Apple TV remote, and I can turn it the tv on or off what i can't do is and this is what i was trying to say is like i would like my tv to let's let's say that i am watching something on apple tv so it's receiving a signal from the apple tv's hdmi i would like to hey if i turn on my ps4 for example automatically change the input to that right and vice versa um and for some reason, my TV, like I have no way to change inputs without actually pressing the input button on the, on the <laughs> TV remote. Um, also, another friend of the show and our editor uh, in chief, Guillermo, <laughs> uh, he, he sent me a text like showing off his TV, like he can turn the, his TV on and off um, by just by turning his PS4 on and off uh he, he, there's a setting on the ps4 i don't think it's on by default but it's something like i think it's called hdmi link something um hmm. i found that setting it was off so i was like oh thank god so there's hope that this actually works right <laughs> so i turned it on but uh no i can't i, I can replicate that um, anyway it was my, my, TV. my it's, favorite it's thing was uh something that uh trevor tweeted <laughs> the the list of names that uh, the company's rebrand HDMI CCS. <laughs> right. And the first one is uh, Hitachi. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Who is the or the one company who actually names it HDMI CEC? Like, the, <laughs> easy to understand. But otherwise, like, LG calls it Simplink. Mitsubishi call it Net Command for HDMI. <laughs> Onkyo. Also, related. Uh, were you aware that Mitsubishi makes TVs? Mm, yeah, no, I guess I wasn't. That's that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, these like, like Pioneer calls it Kuro Link. <laughs> what of is that? Or right? Samsung calls it AnyNet Plus. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. Of course, that's what it is. Uh, these are just the worst. So, anyways. Thanks to everyone for sending us your feedback in. That was very insightful. Absolutely. And I think the take here is that this is a mess. And yes. standards are not each uh, TV manufacturer kind of implements their own way. And they're supposed to work, but not always. But hey, at least there's something that we could like, you know, 
lean on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have more follow up. <laughs> Not as in depth and technical, but more follow up. Uh, the quickest piece of follow up ever. Last week, one of our recommendations was this TV show called Survivor. And, you know, uh, it was kind of like embarrassing to admit that I was watching that. Um, I am still watching that. That's not the piece of follow-up. The follow-up is that I found it so funny and interesting that um, like a couple days later or something, uh, like in that week, uh, as I reposted the show, um, designer John Mark Dennis, uh, he's at Facebook. He's kind of like a famous-ish designer in our uh, group. I mean, he has 25K followers. He's, he's known. Um, he also tweeted that <laughs> he was uh, watching Survivor. Um, he said, Confession Friday, I don't judge me, and posted a screenshot of the Hulu app. And, you know, from that screenshot, he's what he watched like, like I don't know, 15 seasons of Survivor. <laughs> so, uh, should designer Survivor? I think so. I think this is proof. Show title. Uh, all right. So, do, do you want to tell us about um, the iOS 11 beta 3 notification center improvements? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we spend a lot of time um, bashing, not bashing, <laughs> talking about uh, iOS 11 uh, things, uh, improvement changes and stuff. Uh, one of the big ones was the lock screen and how, and part of that was how you, if you swiped from the top, you would go to your lock screen and then you had to swipe again, like to the bottom to see all of your notifications. So in the latest developer beta, so that's beta three, I don't believe this is on the public beta, but I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But I, I think it's just, this is just, as a time as this recording, is just for the developer beta. So right now they changed that behavior. So, so now if you, if you from, from the springboard, like uh, anywhere but the lock screen, if, if you swipe from the top, instead of going to the plain old lock screen, you go to the all notifications uh basically it brought back the ios 10's behavior um well so, sort yeah, of i mean you still, still see the big time and it's still like in this yeah. lock screen mode but yeah it's yeah and, and the, the picture the, the lock screen all paper yeah. it's just a tiny bit yeah, worse. but <laughs> at least it, it saves you another swipe and it's it yeah. won't just like drop you in the lock screen. Or One thing that I do miss is easy access to the search bar uh, or spotlight, I guess you call it. Um, now you have you still have to like swipe down and then swipe left or right. I, don't, I never know which which way it is. Um, what do you mean? So like right now you have to like swipe from the top and then swipe from left to right to get to the widgets, and this is where you have spotlight. But no, you can you can just um, swipe not from the edge, the top edge, but just like swipe from up to down, and you go to the spotlight. Yeah, I know that, right? but not while you're inside of an app. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But I don't know. Maybe that's a gotcha. that was a niche thing. But um, yeah, it's honestly like the more I look at these changes, and the more I feel like the only possible reason why you'd want to do this. Uh, is if you know you're working on some sort of facial recognition uh, <laughs> software that would allow your phone to effectively be unlocked like as soon as you pull it up. And so you never actually see the lock screen. And if you want to pull down, then you pull down, you get your notifications plus the time in kind of this locked mode. Um, 
And that would also explain why when you're looking at the lock screen and you tap the notification that it, it doesn't prompt for the code, like it doesn't do anything because it, it, it's sort of assuming that you, you are unlocked by default, which would happen if you had this face identification. So, yeah, hmm. I don't know. I think there, there might That's be something. That's very interesting. Yeah, I've been thinking about that, the, the face recognizing software unlocked stuff magic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I see a lot of cool things that we could do if we had that tech in place. Um, the only thing that I'm, that, that, you know, prevents me from being super ecstatic and excited about that is that there's so many edge cases that I can think of in where having face recognition would be worse than Touch ID. Mm -hmm. And just because of that, like, right, you, you, can, you, can, you can think of the obvious, like, well, if it's dark, you know, if in a dark room uh, at night in bed uh, and the light from the screen is not, you know, bright enough to shine your face so they could, you know, <laughs> or like, hey, what if right now my phone is on my desk? I want to unlock it and see notifications or whatever. My face is not in the view of the camera, I think. Um, like, there's a lot of edge cases that I have no doubt that if Apple is pursuing or experimenting with this tech, uh, they would, you know, consider and, and design for. Um, but because I don't know, uh, I'm not excited yet. So I guess we'll just have to wait for the announcement and then, you know, mm. judge then. Not now. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think like, if it works, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I don't know how they can make it work, but I know what I know for sure is that they're not going to introduce something that is worse than <laughs> what we already have. So, yeah, I don't know. One, I kinda, one will hope. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt there, here that they're probably going to think of the same problems that we are uh, and hopefully solve them. Mm hmm. Here's the problem that I've been thinking today. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, at work, uh, one of the things that, like, one of the, my top priorities with the work that I've been doing at Endlify, uh, the app, is, you know, making things accessible and all. Like, that's a big focus. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, for example, a very obvious, like, one of the first things that we like we decided on like let's not uh, hide behavior behind a hover state for example or you know let's not oh this is a link but you don't know but if you hover you can you know can you can find out and stuff mm -hmm. um <laughs> and so i've been i've been struggling the past couple of days with that um like i was i was trying to i was designing this this one page in where it was very um information uh, dense if you, if you will, and it had a lot of like links in, in a very tight uh, space. So, of course, if you have a bunch of links and all of them are like highlighted or they have different colors or something, it's going to look very crowded and, and you know, it, it can't breathe. So you have to design around that or for that. Um, and then I was like, hey, what about, uh, you know, there's a couple links that they're not a different color and they don't, they're not underlined, but you know, it's kind of obvious from, you know, subcontext and some like 
other patterns that we see in the web. It's kind of obvious that if you hover on it, you can access it. Or like, because it's kind of like a shortcut, you know, it's not like users, if they don't find that link, they can't navigate in the app. Uh, it was like a shortcut or nice to have or power, you know, power user feature, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I was trying to, to look around as to what other folks are doing and if this is just me, if I'm going crazy or not. And so basically, I mean, for Netlify, when I take a look at what other people uh, are, what our users are used to, because if you're using Netlify, we can assume that probably like you build websites, you're a developer, most likely. Um, so we take a look around at, we look at a GitHub, we look at Bitbucket, we look at um, Heroku, we look at those types of like tools for developers because they're in the same space. The the target audience is like the same-ish. Um, and I found, like I just took a, like a, half an hour today to just look around at other apps on the web, how, what people are doing. Like the amount of these like ninja links, <laughs> that's what I'm calling them. <laughs> ninja links? Uh, yeah, which is like, like just by looking at them, just by looking at them, you would not, like you wouldn't be able to tell if that's a link, if you can click on that text or not. Mm. Um, like the amount of ninja links everywhere <laughs> It's staggering, and a lot of times it's stuff that, um, like, I knew there there were links, and I was using them and clicking on them all the time. But like, I was clicking on them because I knew you could click on them, not because the UI is like very explicit and obvious that you can. Does it make sense? And it's like part of me will say, "Hey, if I just you know use Ninja Links, it would be so much easier. My life would be so much easier. I could." You know the design is done. Uh, it's clean. It's 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 readable. It can it can breathe. It's perfect. But like, I want to be better than that. I don't want to hide. I don't want to create ninja links. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just produce a lot of uh, titles. Yeah, I'm just like frantically typing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I I agree with like your approach of trying to avoid ninja links as much as possible uh and and to me it's it sort of ties in i don't know if you've seen that that talk uh called fuck drop downs uh i don't think so (laughs) but i like it already it's hilarious uh you should absolutely watch it we'll put a link in the show notes um but basically the gist of this talk is like very often uh, people just like hide crap under dropdowns uh, when you shouldn't. Um, and, and the solution to that is you should just own whatever type of UI that, that you need to be there. So if it's a long mm. list of options, then just own it and put a goddamn long list of, of radio buttons. Like that's fine, right? Like that is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So the same thing applies to to your links like are they links or are they not <laughs> like if they are cool like let's assume it and let's own it and they are links um and that's gonna be like more obvious for everyone yeah so yeah yeah absolutely like uh, i i share that it's it's more challenging for you as a designer right you know um yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the most recent like oh moments for me <laughs> was um like on github which is like i use github all the time it's probably my most visited website um i knew that it was possible to um get a link like a path a url path for a specific comment on an issue 
but um, I didn't know how. And it turns out like on a comment on an issue, if you hover on the timestamp of that comment, you can get a link for that specific comment, not like the whole issue. <laughs> right. And that took me a long time <laughs> to find out. Why? Because like there's nothing visually uh, separating that, that link, the permalink to the rest of the content. Mm -hmm. So like I had no way to, to know unless I either like I, I knew there was some kind of, like, I knew there was this link. So I would just like hover everywhere trying to hunt down this or if someone told me, you know? <laughs> so yeah. Absolutely. That type of thing. So anyway, uh, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> so uh, what was the solution that you ended up with? I haven't yet. I haven't learned. Oh, okay. <laughs> to um, be continued. Yes. <laughs> the, the answer is in the next episode of Layout. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so... So, <laughs> what happened this week? Um, so, our good friend uh, Sam released a new app. Uh, and now that we're speaking about uh, accessibility and like making it obvious and easy for users um, mm -hmm. to see what's going on, uh, this, this app is a great tool uh, to allow you to do that. Uh, so it's called Contrast, uh, and it's a Mac app. Uh, and basically what it does is it sits in your menu bar, and it gives you quick access to the uh, WCAG color contrast ratios. Um, so it's super e easy to use. The design is really nice. Um, and basically, you can use it in any tool that you want. Um, and you simply select the, the foreground color and the background color, and it tells you uh, if you pass the color contrast um sort of like the accepted ratios um to make make sure your text remains legible yeah uh i like it how like the ui itself changes colors to the colors that you pick yes so like you know even if it says like fail or whatever like it didn't pass the test you can clearly see it like if you can't read the ui in in, <laughs> in the app itself like it's it's a good way to test it immediately yeah exactly um by the way it was made by our friend sam and um and matt smith oh yes which yeah. i gotta admit took me a while to find his name because <laughs> his uh twitter name is uh something at okay. mds i don't know what that is thunder yeah he doesn't have a name on twitter so uh matt smith um i i'm going i'm assuming that he designed it and and sam built it i think yeah not sure but sounds about right um yeah it's available on the yeah Mac i love the sound effects yeah they're so subtle <laughs> i just cool. uh, keep clicking the like little arrow button yeah that may be my favorite thing about it uh anyways i so... wonder i wonder how they made it they recorded these hmm, that's a good question i don't know I'm going to ask Sam. <laughs> uh, maybe they just downloaded it online. Um, but yeah, so anyways, uh, it's really great. Um, and it's a really useful tool. So go check it out. The website for it is also awesome. 
it's like one of the best marketing pages for an app that I've seen in a long time. Agreed. Uh, didn't they like remind you of abstract a little bit <laughs> with just the colors and shapes, I guess? Speaking of which, uh, abstract, abstract uh, now is on a public beta. So if you've been hearing about abstract for a while, uh, I mean, we mentioned here on the show uh, a couple of times, uh, it came out of public beta. So you can go ahead at, at uh, what is it, the, the URL, like go abstract something? Yeah, go abstract.com. Just go there and, um, and sign up. By the way, if you don't remember, abstract is the, uh, that git for designs. Hey, uh, Kevin. Yes. I I asked Sam about the sound effects. Uh huh. Let's let's. Why don't we get them on the show and he can tell us about it. <laughs> sure, that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. The power of the internet. <laughs> All right, dude. Hey, uh, Sam is here. We just we were just talking about you. Thanks for uh, letting me invite myself to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, of course. So, dude, you and Matt Smith, and we were just talking that it took us a while to find his name. So you and Matt Smith, you guys uh, just shipped this new app. It's called Contrast. It's a Mac app, which is refreshing. Again, it's like, it's like a break from iOS a little bit. Um, and it's a, like a menu bar utility, so you can uh, check the contrast of your design. Um, how did it go? What do you think of like, how did the launch go? Uh, <laughs> not, did... I mean, I, let me pull up the numbers. It didn't do that well. Um, we sold like 1500 bucks the first two days. So not terrible, but Matt and I spent so much time on it. And it's not, it wasn't worth not doing contract work to work on it, but um, gotcha. it's cool to see people were excited about it. So I mean, so that's cool, but I love it. So I'm glad that you made it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it exists. Uh, it's, man, that sucks. Like, being independent, like, making apps, indie apps, indie apps, no, I mean, being indie, making apps, uh, <laughs> it's been harder and harder, right? Like, yeah, I don't absolutely. know what's going on. I don't know. I mean, I feel like no one cares about the Mac. Um, <laughs> because like, Redacted iOS, I just put another app uh, a couple weeks ago, that did a lot better, and um it's way worse. It's not very good relative to. I feel like contrast is super good because um, we spent so much time polishing it, and Matt's design is like fantastic. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like contrast would do way better than anything else I would release on the Mac, just because we spent so much time polishing it and like Matt working on marketing and all this stuff. Uh, so it's like I don't know. I'm kind of like thinking about it. It's like I'm so over making consumer software, at least for like the Mac App Store. Um, I feel like there's just no money to be made. Yeah. And that sucks because those are the best pieces of software. <laughs> I feel like if that trend continues, like we'll just end up in a world where it's just electron apps, basically. Yeah. I mean, I recently advised a client to do an electron app because it would take them so much. It was like doing the Mac is so time consuming. Right. Um, yeah. How Every long have you guys worked on this? Probably like three weeks. Um, wow. two and a half maybe, uh, and that's okay. like full time every day, both of us shirking all responsibilities to work on contrast. <laughs> um, like doing custom controls on the Mac is so time consuming, um, because everything is you have to just do yourself. 
Mm. Uh, and there's so many states, I don't think people realize, like, you know, is it focused? Is it not focused? Is the, like, is the mouse down? Is the mouse up? There's the focus ring that shows. And then if you, like, it's focused, but the window's not active, there's a different state. There's, like, it's way more complicated than iOS. There's just, like, so much to do and stuff that you don't really think about on the web either. Um, you know, like, what if the user has spaces on or what if they have, like, another app full screen? Like, there's, like, the dock and, oh, so many things. Uh, everything's just really time-consuming. Do you think Apple has, like, some responsibility, like, to keep, like, pushing AppKit forward so that it gets easier to make software for the Mac? Or so is this a lost cause? <laughs> it's it's crazy to think because, like, all, all this stuff came from Next Step, and that's why it's, like, NS in the prefix. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, like, NS window, NS button, and whatever. And Next Step was released in, like, May, I think, or June 1989. So like they were working on it like before I was alive. It's born in March, March eighty nine. So like this crap is so old. It's which is amazing to like admire the foresight of the like developers that made it originally because it's like right. we're still using it and it's like pretty dang good. Like just imagine like Windows in eighty nine, like so ahead of its time. Um. So I mean that's cool, but on the other hand, like there's so much baggage because it's like been backwards compatible for you know most of it. Um, which is why iOS is such a breath of fresh air because everything is like new and they could kind of reimagine it. So, right. I mean, I feel like no one cares about the Mac, including Apple. I mean, look at the Mac app store. It's like pretty hilarious. Um, there's just <laughs> yeah. like, there's probably like no motivation for them because like they make all their money from iPhone. Um, like why would they invest like a huge overhaul of, um, you know, Mac OS? I mean, it's very telling that it's like 10 point whatever every year because it is a minor update. Um, relatively, you know. So one of the best arguments that not arguments like things that I hold on to believe that Apple is still cares about Mac, uh, the Mac is that they have to use the Mac to build iOS apps and they have to use the Mac <laughs> to you know do everything. So one would assume that hey, maybe they still think this is important, kind of, you know. Yeah, I mean. That's that's fair. I mean, they've spent a lot of time on on Xcode the last couple of years, and it's gotten a lot better, which mm-hmm. is is fantastic for me because I you know use it every day. Um, but I mean, as far as like making it easier to make apps, like people at Apple know how to make Mac apps, so it's like fine, whatever. And if it's someone coming from iOS to make a Mac app, like that's super hard. But I don't think Apple really wants more indie Mac apps. Like, there's nothing in it for them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't believe that they'd be like, no, screw you, like, no more indie Mac apps. Like, sure, it's a thing, like, why not? But it's not a significant part of their business, so I don't think there's any motivation for them to make it better. I mean, I wish there was, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. part, part of me hopes that, like, at some point they're just like, what do we do for the Mac? And they're like, uh, I don't know, I can't possibly think of any other new feature and like so what do we do with all these engineers <laughs> like oh well i guess make them work on a replacement for AppKit, <laughs> and that's how we'll finally get something better <laughs> but maybe maybe that's just uh, that's just a dream i don't know it still makes me wonder like if apple uh like next year wwc whatever announces that hey ui kit now is you know available for a mac or a version of it in other words, if building native Mac apps becomes way easier, uh, is that enough, you know, to to reignite the the effort and and money put into to building uh, Mac apps? Because one thing we had 
couple weeks ago, like, yeah, it was a while ago now, but we had this discussion about Electron apps versus native apps and all. And TLDR, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one is selling an Electron app. Like, you don't buy the Electron app. It's either like a service or something, like mm -hmm. a way to use the service, uh, or they're just free. Uh, so maybe that is kind of lowering the bar like now everyone expects software on the mac to be free uh because you don't pay anymore for apps because they're all javascript you know pieces of poop um so i don't know i don't know how apple will be able to take ourselves out of that hole i don't know i don't know yeah there's been a lot of talk about ios coming to the mac to replace AppKit, or at least like run alongside it um there was um, a bunch of like hype about this when photos came out. I guess this is like three or four years ago now. Yeah, um, I remember that. <laughs> because they had UX Kit, which was like a bridge. So you could write what looked like iOS code, but it would run on AppKit, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just the photos and like the photos team internal tool, and they're like, they have no plans to make it um, open. I mean, I, I think thinking about iOS on the Mac is kind of um, like I don't think it would ever really that would ever be a thing because the Mac is so complicated relative to iOS. Like you can disconnect screens like while you're using software and mm -hmm. you know, like people can have like hard, like I have like an external audio interface that's over like Thunderbolt. Like there's like a lot of like complex things or, you know, people with like spaces or spaces, of multiple monitors and you know, all there's like so much stuff to support and iOS doesn't really have a concept for, for any of that stuff. Also like iOS is super designed for touch and, you know, having that translate to clicks would be kind of weird. And like hover isn't a thing on iOS because you can't hover with a finger, but it's like very important on Mac. There's just a lot I mean, of like concepts that don't map well. It's sort of a thing on well. tvOS, no? I get like, Fair I enough. guess it's a, a, focus. a selection yeah. ring thing, but yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. I don't think they would bring in um, like iOS like directly to the Mac, that they it would need like a lot more Mac y stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I not it. to say it's not possible, but. You know, it's not just a simple, like, let's pull it over and share a bunch of stuff. I mean, because they're built on the same core technologies of, like, core graphics mm -hmm. and core animation. Yeah. Um, but they they work very differently for, I mean, mostly for, like, historical reasons. The Mac is very different. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like we just lost, like, most of our audience. <laughs> hey, designers. Um, <laughs> nice to talk to you. <laughs> um, but... Um, one thing we uh, started talking about uh, right before you, you join in is how I'm obsessed with the sounds in contrast. <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's, it's funny. Like, so satisfying. I think they're amazing. A couple people we showed it to like before we launched were like, this is the worst. You have to remove them. And we're like, ah, oh, we'll just add a preference because I like them a lot. So does yeah. Matt. Um, I've got so many people saying the sound design is really good. And it was like sound design. I just picked like six sounds from a pack. Like I, you make it sound so glamorous. It just like, it took like 10 minutes. Um, but no, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think the little sounds like make it like add so much to it. I uh, make it feel like a lot more like satisfying it's to like, use. I don't know. It's like, you know, pe people have their fidget spinners and I click the swap color icon in contrast. That sounds actually <laughs> louder than the rest of all the other sounds because I like that sound the most. So it's like a, a little bit louder than the rest because the swap is so satisfying. There you go. There you go. I was going to make the whole like UI like cool. flip over because I think that would be neat, but I didn't mm. make time for it because that would be time consuming. On the right. iOS, it wouldn't be so bad. On the Mac, holy crap. 
So, you know, <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, one, one thing about the sound effects, and I feel like not there's not a lot of Mac apps that take advantage of sound effects. Because, like, my phone is 99% of the time, like, on mute. Same. So, well... A bit less now after watching that uh, WWC session about sound design. <laughs> Gosh, it's so good. I, yeah, I start appreciating more and more the sound effects. But anyway, but like on my phone, it's usually always on, on mute. On my Mac, it's almost never because I'm either listening to music or something like mm-hmm. my Mac is never on mute. Um, so there was this, there's this opportunity for like if you're building a, a native Mac app to take advantage of that. Like, hey, most people have sound on your Mac all the time. I love how you just like throw out if you're if you happen to building a Mac app, make sure the the like two people (laughs) and even two I think in like our audience maybe a lot. Well, we have one on the show. We have one on the show, so yeah, for your next apps, they all work at Apple or Panic. There's like no one else. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, speaking of Panic, uh, Transmit Five came out. uh, Yeah, the most. Like awesome uh, marketing website ever. After <laughs> um, contrast, uh, thank you, thank you. No, that uh, spinning truck is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was on the beta for some reason. I think all customers were able to join the beta. I don't know. I was on the beta for Transmit, but you know, truth be told, I don't use FTP clients. <laughs> like I don't have a use for them. So you know, uh, every couple of weeks they would send me an email with the new update for the beta, and I would you know, install it and try it out. But all of this to say that I was uh, aware of the new version coming out, but I had never seen the the marketing site that was, like, new to me. Um, and holy crap, that 3D truck uh, with a little detail on the on the tires. Yeah. Like Firewatch. Firewatch. So good. Jesus. That's so good. They won. Um, so, yeah, hey, there's... Yeah, there's a... Still one of the OG Mac developers, Panic. They're Definitely. Still at it. Well, I, I guess they, they make video games on the side. Uh, <laughs> Much well. more profitable than uh, FTP clients, probably. <laughs> Have you played Firewatch? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I wish it was... I, w- I want more. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I, I bought it on Steam, but like I don't have a, like a, a PC gaming, so... I played it on my on my Mac, but then regretted it that I didn't buy it on the PS4, because uh, that's like where I have all my games. But you know, because it was from Panic, like I felt the obligation to buy it on a Mac. Um, <laughs> but I played it on a Mac. The the, the game is great. All right. Uh, so Sam, what's what's next for you? What can you uh, expect? Just starting on some client work now, so nothing to crazy i'm doing my first design contract so i'm very excited about that oh cool i saw that that's I've never done awesome exciting design for hire before but i've done a lot of my own stuff and just i haven't done this anyway so i was like i don't know have my little like kickoff meeting today and i'm gonna do some stuff and then like do a little design review meet it's all new to me i'm, I'm very <laughs> excited about it um nice dude congrats thanks but yeah working on some other little projects some more stuff coming with contrast that Matt and I are just personally excited about it. It's not making like tons of money, so it's just more for fun at this point. Um, and then, I don't know. All right, dude. We're going oh. to link to your Twitter, I guess, on sure. our show notes. Yeah. Sure. Like, so, I thanks. feel like a lot of our audience uh, is familiar with you, uh, you know, 
have some overlap with the rest of Spec FM stuff. But hey, if people uh, if if people don't know who Sam is, they should. Also, uh, do you want to plug anything? Like you have Immutable to record with Bryn. Um, yeah. And you have uh, uh, what's the name of the other one with Runtime? Uh, you talk about iOS, right? Yeah, or, that's like a lot nerdier so. about Swift and iOS and Mac and whatnot. So if you're into that, check that one out. And if you want to hear just about Bryn and I's lives, you can check out Immutable. That one's kind of gone downhill. I love it used how to be the like description keeps evolving. Yeah, it used to be like good design stuff, and now it's just Bryn and I talking for half an hour. Anyway, cool. It's so. it's still really good. I really enjoy watching. Uh, I guess not watching it, listening to it. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad you guys like contrast. So thanks for this. Of course. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for, for building that, dude. Oh, before you go, we have this thing here on layout. Like we, at the end of the show, we always um, like give a recommendation or something like a movie, an album, an app of whatever, like you've been a game or something that you want to recommend for this week. So uh, maybe do you want to add one? You can, you can think of something. I can go first. Um, sure. Do it. All right, so this week I went ahead and uh, I watched the Spider-Man Homecoming, the new movie. It's on theaters, I think. Hmm. Uh, How's that? It was amazing, but I'm I'm super biased. Like, (laughs) I'm a huge star uh, um, Spider-Man fan, so like every Spider-Man movie so far, I've loved it, even the bad (laughs) ones, like Spider-Man Three. I guess I was just like I was super young when it came out, but like still, like I love that. I love every single Spider-Man thing. So take that as it is, but I loved it and I think it's the best Spider-Man movie so far. And it's great that, you know, finally Spider-Man is uh, under like Marvel's hands and it's part now of the MCU, which is great. Um, I like that you said MCU, like no big deal. Yeah, just this is a thing I say all the time, so I need to like have an acronym oh. for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's just how they do it's by the way it's sad for <laughs> marvel cinematic universe <laughs> uh you know it was great like they they tried to avoid every single cliche that you've seen in all past spider-man movies so you didn't have uncle freaking ben you didn't have the with great power comes great responsibility you didn't <laughs> you didn't have an origin story you didn't have like spider-man swinging through like new york skyline you know it was so like anti Spider-Man cliche. Um, there was, it was great. It was so great. It also got me back into comics. So like, what I was in out. this movie then? <laughs> I feel like that is Spider-Man. I feel like they're all his origin story. There's not any other yeah. kind of Spider-Man movie. <laughs> well, it's like, like it, it's m- way closer to the comics than what we are used to seeing in movies. Um, so like Spider-Man is, is in high school as it should be. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Iron Man and the Avengers, are, they are part of the world, and Tony Stark is in the movie a lot. And you have a lot of that, like, high school, like, coming of age type of movie, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and it had a lot of, like, funny gags, because Peter Parker is from Queens, and, like, I'm not super familiar with, you know, New York geography and stuff, but it's like he doesn't live like in Manhattan in the huge tall buildings. So one of the things that people like, you know, make fun of, like, well, what does what does Spider Man do when there's no like there's no tall buildings? How does it, you know, uh, 
walks around and he does that. She just runs. So there's a part of like, you see your Spider-Man running on a golf course and like, it's, it's like, it's making fun of itself. It's so like, it's, it's funny. Um, and, uh, we have Michael Keaton as Vulture. Um, that dude is great. Like <laughs> that Michael Keaton knows how to do a superhero movie. Um, so that was also great. And yeah, check it out. Do you guys have you, have you guys seen it? No, I haven't. No, Bryn was saying it was awesome though, so I plan to see it. Dude, he was hilarious dude, in Civil awesome. War. I really liked him in Civil War, so I'm excited to see this one. Then you're gonna love it. Yeah, you're gonna love this one. Then uh, the movie starts. It's not a spoiler if it's at the beginning of a movie, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> Tell me. maybe. <laughs> like the movie starts with like Peter Parker, uh, kind of like vlogging. The events that you see in Civil War. So he, like, he getting the call from the Avenger, like, hey, dude, uh, come meet me here. And then he goes and he has no idea what he's doing. And then you see him, like, all right, I gotta go there. And because Tony Stark is calling me, I'm gonna fight uh, Captain America and stuff. Like, this, like, homemade with recorded with his cell phone type of thing it was funny. That's awesome. Was funny. Cool. All right, Kevin, do you have. Uh, yeah. Um, so my recommendation this week uh, is a podcast. What are those? Um, and a specific episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, so yeah, it's uh, uh, presentable episode twenty six. Um, and this podcast is hosted by uh, Jeff Veen. Um, so he used to be the founder of Typekit. Um, now not super sure what he's doing, uh, <laughs> in his day to day, but, uh, he's super awesome and he's, um, like just inviting guests on his show. Um, and his show, it really makes me think of the talk show, but for design. So it, he has guests on all the time, but it's, it's not really an interview. So they're not, they don't necessarily talk about their life, but they talk about different topics. Um, and so this episode was with, uh, uh, Mike Davidson, um, who talked about like giving good design feedback, um, running design review meetings and, um, how like things worked at Twitter and like kind of shed some light on, onto, um, like the Twitter redesign, like talks about some internal things that, um, he, he knows from being from the inside, which I thought was like very interesting. Um, so yeah, it's a really good show uh, and I recommend it. Nice. Cool. Uh, Sam, do you have anything? Uh, can I recommend an audiobook? Is that, is that allowed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that would cool. be first. So thanks. <laughs> cool. Um, I recently just went on like a super long motorcycle trip. So I'm like, listen to a lot of audiobooks as I'm going thousands of miles. Um, <laughs> there's this awesome book, highly recommend, probably my favorite like audio book. Uh, it's called shadow divers. It's like a true account of this like crazy story of these group of divers that find a German U boat off the coast of New Jersey. Uh, and everyone's like, including like governments like the U S and Germany and historians, everyone's like, that's not like, there's no submarines here. And they're like, yeah, there is. And we're going to figure out like why and how it got there and which one it is. And it's like a really crazy, um, story it's so fantastic and like really well written um normally like you hear like a true story like well it's gonna be worse but they say <laughs> it's true so you make up for it being not as good but it's like fantastic the fact that it's like you know true is kind of cool but um 
it's really, really good. So highly recommend. Even Whoa. if you're not into diving or history or whatever, it's still like super fantastic. Damn. Nice. Okay. Check That's it out. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So it's very, very good. Also, if you're into diving, it's very interesting because there's a lot of like technical diving things. I'm personally like very into diving, but if you're not, it's still like, you know, you can kind of just gloss over that. It's not like right. a lot of it. It's just like occasionally they'll mention like details about their gear, which to me is interesting. <laughs> anyway. I never went diving. I, I used to, um, I'm not sure how you say it in English. It's like snorkeling, spearfishing, I guess. Spearfishing. Cool. Well, yeah, but yeah. Free diving. Like harpoon and shit. Yeah. 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 Free diving, but you fish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You hunt animals. <laughs> uh, but I never went like with the oxygen tanks and stuff. So not too deep. I guess like 10 meters and then your brain starts to explode. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that, was, that was it for me. <laughs> yeah. Should, another recommendation. Uh, yeah. Diving. Yeah, diving. It, do it. <laughs> it's it's the best. I, I very much enjoy it. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again for having Sweet. me. This was a f- fun impromptu little <laughs> talk about contrast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for 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 joining in. <laughs> this is fun. Um, this episode is going to be up tomorrow. Uh, no rush. So yeah, <laughs> short turnaround. Cool. Well, I'll send you the audio like sometime next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fair enough we'll release like the the first part it's just us and then we'll release, like, your track and people at home have to you know do the editing it's like a puzzle she's just like oh that's interesting and then like long silence like oh man what is he saying i wonder what he's saying <laughs> and we're like wow that was super interesting uh, yeah cool. all right dude thanks awesome. so much then all right well thanks a lot for coming on the show yeah thanks guys see ya all right, bye. All right, uh, that that happened. <laughs> that was fun. That was like the yeah. the podcasting equivalent of teleporting. <laughs> like he just appeared on the show. Yeah, so, yeah. All right. Um, all right, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and that is for our show. We're gonna put all these links in the show notes if you're uh, interested in checking out like Sam's audiobook and um, what to talk about Nuzzle and to talk about uh, contrast and all of that. Um, links in the show notes of course if you uh, want to find like the show notes on the webs we are uh, layout.fm over there and we are on the twitter at layout.fm you can um, tweet you can uh, reach out to us on twitter if you have anything any questions or any corrections or any feedback uh, feel free to uh, reach out to us on twitter if you are looking for more podcasts like uh, some shows that sam is on um, you can go to spec.fm check all that out and lastly, if you want to um, join our community community over at uh, spectrum.chat, that also is a thing. So for every single episode, you have a new story or whatever they call it in <laughs> Spectrum. And you can also uh, talk there. Um, so I think that's it. Dude. Talk to awesome. you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Close the tab, but we're still recording.
So, uh, yeah. How's it going? A little bonus talking. All right, see you. You're going to have a lot of fun with the editing for this one. <laughs>